0: If I want to uh, pin a title, V, be, What Are You Wrestling? Why Are You Wrestling? So we look at the book, the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 21, 24 through 31, and we see that we're dealing with Jacob. And we know Jacob is the, is the grandson of Abraham. He's the son of Isaac and Rebekah, and he's the twin brother of Esau. Jacob has been wrestling from birth. He's been wrestling ever since he was in the inside of his mother's womb. When we look at Jacob, we know that Jacob can be identified as one that who has some form of ambition. But at the same time, we look at Jacob. Jacob is also ruthless. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator. Yes, Jacob. Jacob is one who has done all type of things to get what he wants. Yes, Jacob, uh, he he, he was conniving. So we look at Jacob. We know that the Bible tells us that his name is Jacob, and Jacob means heel grabber. Even inside of his mother's womb, he was grabbing the heel of his brother Esau as they were coming out. Jacob always wanted to be first. He he wanted what he wanted, and he wanted it how he wanted. It. When he when Rebecca was carrying these twins, uh, she was trying to figure out what was going on. And God basically explained to her that there are two nations on the inside of you and they are wrestling with one another. Jacob, the liar, the deceiver, the manipulator, Jacob. I don't know about you all, but I know that I, as I've read this story, can identify with Jacob. Jacob's story helps us to identify our very own struggles on the inside of our lives. Amen. Now, you may be perfect, and y'all might have it all together, and you know, y'all may be walking this straight line, and there's no error in your way. But as for me and Jacob, we got struggles that we deal with. Amen, amen. So, Jacob, Jacob, we we know that he. He's conniving. He, he's lied to uh, steal his brother's birthright. He's, he's, he stole the blessing of the first son from his brother. And so now Jacob is on a journey in his life. We see Jacob, and Jacob will do good for a little while, then he falls off. Jacob will walk right for a little while, then he lie. Jacob will, will walk the straight and narrow, then he's deceiving. He's manipulating. He's doing these things. But yet, God still called Jacob. He still called Jacob. And So I don't know if this is something that, that you have dealt with in your life. But once you identify the call that God has on your life, there's going to continuously be a wrestle on the inside. And so Jacob has wrestled all of his life. And as the story goes on, we know that Jacob is now uh, sent to his uncle Laban. He's married to Leo and Rachel. He has his children. Even in all of this, remember, Jacob is still being Jacob. Jacob have lied. Jacob have deceived. But Jacob is still being Jacob. Yet, God is still blessing Jacob. Jacob, he's he's cunning. Jacob could be considered as selfish and prideful and, and, and full of ego. Yes, Jacob is now where he's, he has a family, he has these two wives, and now God has called Jacob to go back to his homeland. He's now going back to his homeland, but even in this, Laban asked Jacob, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? Jacob says, I'll take the sheep, the lamb with specks on it. So Jacob is cutting. He even does something where it ends up. He gets the strong flock and his uncle gets the weak flock. Jacob. Oh, slick Jacob. So this is this is this is our brother Jacob. And so Jacob is at the point where he's about to get ready to go back to his homeland. He's about to get ready to go back to the homeland. And he knows that he may have to deal with the consequences of his twin brother from the things that he has done to his twin brother on his way back to where it is that he's going. So what he does, Jacob, once again, thinks of himself. He begins to send his family forward ahead first because Jacob still got some wrestling going. on. He still got issues that he's dealing with. So he begins to send them first and he knows that his brother has an army of men that's coming towards him. His brother in his fleshly ways are just trying to go ahead and take him out because it's unfair of all the things that Jacob has done and he just want what it is that he feels he deserves. So we get to this point in the Bible. We get to the point in the Bible where Jacob it has sent his family on and it's nighttime. And so he comes upon, as he sleeps, he comes upon this man. And when you do your research and you, you see, Father, it says that Jacob was wrestling with God himself. The Bible even tells us that Jacob's Jacob was face-to-face with God, but yet he still remained. God could at any point take him out, but he did not. He did not. And so this brings me to my first point, which is, Real growth experiences always involve struggle and pain. I don't know how many times you have read the Bible or if you have opened the Bible this year. But if you have, I don't care if you in the Old Testament or you in the New Testament, you're going to see when God is requiring you to grow, there is some type of pain and struggle that's going to be there. And that is simply because if he was to allow it to be easy, smooth and and smooth and easy, then guess what? You will be looking at yourself as the reason why you're able to accomplish what you are accomplishing. You will begin to look at yourself just as Jacob and say that it is because of me the reason why I'm able to do what it is that I'm doing. We are not exempt from the process. Just because we are covered by the promise. Oftentimes we know that God has promises that are connected to our lives. But just because the promise is there does not mean that you will not have to go through the process. Does not mean that you will not have to go through the struggle. There is something on the inside of you that's going to have to that God is going to have to maneuver and move around so that he can get the full glory out of the situation. So we, we, we must understand that we are not exempt from the process. We are not exempt from the struggle. We are not exempt from the pain. Jesus was the promise and he still felt pain. In the garden, he said, uh, Lord, please be this cup take it away from me. And then he remembered. And so oftentimes when we're going through the process, we must remember. We have to remember. That you do not, you do not, you are not exempt from the the struggle just because you were covered by the promise. But we look at promises in the Bible, we have those that are conditional and we have those that are unconditional. Unconditional promises are those that God just automatically gives us. Example, God said he would never destroy the earth with water again. That is an unconditional promise. That's an unconditional promise. But when the Bible tells us to To, to, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, when he gives these directions, he says, then will I seek from heaven. So that's a conditional promise. We have these promises in our life. Indeed, we do. But some of them require us to make a faith walk. Some of them require us to make a faith walk. And so we must understand that, yes, the promise is on your life. Yes, you are connected to the promise. Yes, the promise was there before you got here. Yes, indeed. And But that does not mean that it's going to be easy selling what you, before you get to the promise. So we look at this scripture and we see that Jacob, he wrestles. He wrestles with God. He wrestles with God and and, and you may wrestle with some things that the Bible said that it was throughout the night. It says that he wrestled all night long throughout the night. And he wouldn't let go until daybreak and until he blessed his soul. And I, I, I just want you to understand that you may wrestle with him throughout the night, but the blessings will still come in the morning. For his anger, one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs is uh, Psalms the thirtieth chapter verse five? It says, "But his anger is for but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime." It says that we've been made endure for a night, but joy, joy comes in the morning.
1: Amen. Joy
0: comes in the morning. So we have to remember that as we wrestle, as we wrestle all night long, the fact that you are still wrestling with God. On this, on that very thing, whatever that thing is, the fact that you're still wrestling with God, it means that you refuse to allow your flesh to win. It means that you refuse to allow your human nature side to win. It, it means that you refuse to not re, allow carnality to win on the inside of your life. That's what it means to wrestle with God. Some says, "Why would you wrestle with God?" I would rather wrestle with God than to be in a situation of wrestling without God. So, as we look at this scripture, we see that he wrestles with God. Jacob, Jacob is a taking a back. He's 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 not giving up the fight. He's not giving up the fight. Jacob have struggled his entire life. The Bible says that God blesses. Jacob and changes his name because of his perseverance. It's because of his perseverance that 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 the Lord decides to change Jacob's name. At any given moment, he could have given up. He could have said, "I came in this world fighting." You know, you know the stories that we have. Sometimes I've been fighting since I was a little boy. I've been fighting since I was a little girl. My mama did this. My daddy did this. My my sister did this. They left me here. I was in the, I'm in fight and I give up. But it was because of Jacob's perseverance that he continued to wrestle and he continued to fight. My second point is this, that the wrestling with God will get you a name change. Jacob's tenacious faith pleased God. It pleased God. Wrestling with God is, is asking for what we want. It's it's persisting in prayer and it's crying out to him for ourselves as well as well as as our brothers and sisters. He demonstrated that he was willing to let God prevail in his life. And so in response to God, uh, in response, God changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel, meaning let God prevail. So when we wrestle with God and we get in in there with him and we don't allow our flesh to win, we don't allow our circumstances to take us out, God will begin to give you a name change. He'll change your name from Jacob to Israel. He'll say that that, that, that when we do this, we're showing that we are allowing God to prevail in our life. God honors Jacob's request. Even after the name changed, though, in the text, you'll notice that throughout the Bible, the rest of the Bible, you will see where his name is interchanged Sometimes he's called Jacob and the other time he's called Israel. And we try to figure out what? Why is this done? But that is because we are constantly at war. We're constantly struggling. And so. But the good thing is that God will stop and remind you again. Because if you go down in Genesis again, he reminds Jacob one more time. He said, remember, you will never be called Jacob again. It's not saying in the sense that nobody else will not call you Jacob. But in the sense that you will not identify with the character of who Jacob was. You are now identifying who God is, who God has called you to be. So, so, so he, he. The name goes from Jacob to Israel, back to Jacob. And we're constantly, we're constantly at a war. But as long as we got God on our side, we'll always have that inch of reminder of who it is that he's called us to be. In the text, we look at the word wrestled and it's pronounced, which is a Hebrew word. And it's meaning is show forth It means to show forth your strength. And he fought, Jacob fought, even as the word instructs us to fight the good fight of faith. So when it talks about Jacob wrestling, it's not him trying to be better, but it's it's him saying that I'm going to continue. I don't care what's coming my way. I don't care what's trying to break me down. I don't care what situation that I'm struggling with. I don't care what problem that I'm dealing with. I don't care that I'm dealing with alcohol. I don't care that I'm dealing with with marijuana. I don't care that I'm dealing with sex. I don't care that I'm, I'm dealing with my pride. I don't care I'm going to continue to wrestle with God. I'm going to continue to have God on my side so that with God on my side, I'm able to win each one of these wars. So he wrestled. But it feels, sometimes it feels so much easier just to quit. Just to just give up. If It feels as if it's just so much easier for me to throw in the towel. But I don't believe that God will break us to a certain point in life. And bless us with what he blesses us with. Just for me to throw away the blessing. But a lot of times it's because of our perspective. That our blessings at some point. Begin to look like burdens. So it feels easier. To just throw in the towel. But we got to keep wrestling. We got to keep wrestling. We got to begin to remember to show God that we won't let go and when we show God that we won't let go and that that you won't let go that's showing him that you want and desire not only what he has for you but you want to desire him for himself and so this brings me to my third point the lift in your life is a reminder of who's in control of your life Bible tells me in Genesis 32 and 25, it says that when the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched his hip joint and Jacob's hip was dislocated as he wrestled with him, And it left Jacob with a limp. It left Jacob with a permanent disability in life. When the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched his hip. And it left him with the limp. Jacob had been relying on his own physical strength and mind instead of God's. His limp not only generated his surrender, but also was a physical reminder of his struggle against God. But Jacob, he wanted to fix things himself. This, why is Jacob in this situation? Because he wanted to do it himself. He wanted to make sure that I'm going to get whatever it is that I feel like belongs to me, no matter the route, no matter the way that he goes. And so he begins. So he has to deal with this situation. But God. So when we take matters into our own hands, God has to oftentimes give us a physical scar, not only to remind us, but also to expose us, to humble us. And to heal us. Jacob moved into a new phase of his life in which he was blessed yet humbled by a permanent limp. He was now fit to serve. Jacob's limp reminds us of Paul. He reminds us of the thorn that Paul declares that he had in his side. And I'm coming in. It reminds us of the, of the thorn that he had in his side. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, but to keep me from being puffed up with pride because of the many wonderful things I saw, I was given a painful physical ailment, which acts as Satan messages to beat me and keep me from being proud. Three times I have prayed. He asked God three times. He said three times I have prayed to the Lord about this and asked him to take it away. But his answer was, my grace, my Lord, my Lord, my grace is sufficient. My grace is all you need. My grace is what's going to keep you. My grace is sufficient. He said, for my power is greatest when you are weak. I am happy then to be proud of my weakness. In order to feel the protection of Christ over me. He says that my grace is sufficient. He says that no matter what it is that you're going through. No matter what that situation is. No matter what that limp is in your life. My grace is sufficient. Remember God uses infirmities for. He uses his infirmities for his purpose. And it's times. It's times. Where we. Well, we, we got it all figured out. We feel like we have it all figured out. The promises were already Jacob's. God told his mother from birth what's on Jacob's life. See, God goes before us. The Bible tells us that he knew us before we was even formed in our mother's womb. Jacob goes on. The, the Bible tells us that Jacob had a promise that already was on his life. And he has done everything in his physical power, in his own mind, in his own strength to go and get what was already his. Oftentimes, we won't allow God to be God because we want to play God in our very own lives. Jacob was to birth a whole entire nation, he was to birth an entire nation. But because Jacob wanted to be Jacob, Jacob had to go get his promises, but he had to get them with some heartache. He had to get them by receiving some pain. He had to get them by receiving some scars, some hurts, some disappointments, because Jacob wanted to be Jacob. And up close, God has already planned for you to birth something. He's already planned, and he already knows the promise that's on your life. He's already blessed us in the areas where he knows that we're looking for a blessing in, but we've got to take our hand off the plow. Blessed is the man who preserves under trial. James says, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. In spite of failure, restoration is still possible. But it will be restoration with a limp. After testing, we never again have confidence in our own insight. Jacob no longer had confidence only in Jacob, but Jacob had confidence in God. Jacob knew that God would be the reason why he would make it to where he would make it to. Jacob knew that it was no longer his self-confidence, but he now had god confidence Yes, Jacob replaced his self-confidence with humanity and with humility a sense of being under God's grace and dependent on his word. Understand this, that wrestling believers may obtain glorious victories, but it may not come without broken bones. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. If anybody is desiring prayer,